The following audio is from Living Acts Church in Tyler, Texas. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, www.livingactschurch.com, or you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Church. just want to spend just a few minutes. We're not going to have a full-blown sermon this morning, but just a, more of a sermonette to just kind of think a little bit about the fact of the arrival of our God, that the glory of God has been revealed. And when you start thinking about it, one of the best ways to understand the written gospels is to kind of place yourself in the story. So to, to place yourself amid the revelation, to, to just enact, pretend like you were there with them. So what would it like, what would it be like for, for me and for you to, to be there that night, the night of the arrival of the Son of God coming to earth? I don't know if you can even imagine that. What would it be like to be there when Jesus was born? And here in verse 8 of, of Luke chapter 2, we find ourselves in the fields near Bethlehem. And this is uh, the fields where David, before he was anointed as king of Israel, many centuries before, he had been a shepherd there too. And these shepherds are out there that night keeping watch over their flocks. And the verse eight says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, I don't know if you know anything about shepherds, but in the first century, they weren't very highly esteemed. Let's put it that way. In fact, the Jewish leaders, primarily the Pharisees, they thought them that they were very untrustworthy because they didn't obey the Jewish law. And the main reason was they actually couldn't because they were working seven days a week and they couldn't do all that the law required concerning the regulations of the law. And of course, the Pharisees had made up some man-made regulations to follow also. And it's really ironic to, to think that they were thought of as unjust when, when they were the ones who were actually raising the very sheep that most likely would have been given as a sacrifice in the temple. So why do you think he... He brought the, why did God choose to use the shepherds? I think in many ways, it's just a, simply a picture of God's grace, his unmerited favor, a group of people that were despised and rejected, and they were given the honor of being the first hearers of the Christmas gospel. And they were given the honor of being the first believers of the Christmas gospel, and also being the first preachers of the Christmas gospel. You remember the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26 through 29, he says these words, for considering your calling brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards and not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And God often does this. He, he uses those who are thought by some to be of the lowest of the low and to be despised. He uses them. But I want you to notice now who appears to these shepherds. Now, they're out in the field, and suddenly it says that an angel of the Lord appears to them. It's not your normal night on the range, in other words. It's not just watching the sheep, but then the text tells us in verse nine that the glory of the Lord shone around them 
and they were filled with great fear. I mean, place yourself there. Can you imagine this? The glory of the Lord is now shining all around you. The radiating glory of God's majesty has become visible to them. Did you hear that? The, the radiating glory of God's majesty has become visible to them. And most likely, some of you know about the Shekinah glory of God. Most likely, that's what this was. Now, in the Bible, we read of other places where God's glory was shown we, to Moses at the burning bush. You remember that in Exodus? To the Israelites, the, the pillar of fire that led them through the wilderness. Worshippers in the tabernacle or the temple. And then on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured. And I don't know exactly what that was like. I don't think any of us really know. But all I can know is that this glory is so amazing that in Revelation 21 and verse 23, we read this. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Man, that's amazing stuff. And there's no doubt why the shepherds were filled with such great fear. I mean, how would you respond if you were amid the radiating glory of God's majesty? I'm sure you just stand up and go, oh, no big deal. I don't think so. And literally this passage says that they feared a great fear. In other words, they were terrified. And you can imagine what that would be like to be out there in the, out in the fields and, and all of a sudden this great light shone on you. But the good news was that quickly the angel of God sent to them calms them with these words, these simple words that we read throughout scripture over and over again, fear not. Now, how many times does God say this to us in the scriptures? Literally hundreds of times he tells us, don't fear. He doesn't want us to fear in the sense of being afraid that things are out of his control. And we no longer have to fear the unseen world. We no longer have to even fear the seen weird world. Fear not indicates to us that this is a sovereign God who is in control. And so the angel gives the reasons to them for the shepherds why they shouldn't fear. He says to them, behold, I bring you good news. And that's the word we use for gospel, by the way, of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now consider that the angel has told the shepherds that one born is, first of all, he's a savior. I mean, the one who's going to save us from all dangers, all the, the needs that we have, sin and death, who takes care of us in the midst of disasters and destruction. And that this one is the Christ. He's the anointed one. He's the Messiah that was promised by the Old Testament. He's the Messiah of God. This is the one who is the fulfiller of all those Old Testament promises of God. This is the one in Deuteronomy 18 who is the very prophet of God. And then he's also Lord, it says, and so he's the master of all these things. I mean, so far it's been a pretty good day for the shepherds. I mean, an angel appears to them. The glory of God is manifested before their eyes. The fulfillment of hundreds of years of prophecy is being fulfilled right before them. The Messiah is born. And then after this, they're told, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and, and lying in a manger. You know, they, they take these strips of, of cloth and they wrap the baby up and I call it a burrito baby. That's what, that's what my little grandson, 
No, it's a granddaughter, isn't it? I should know this. Anyway, <laughs> one of those kids. Anyway, I, I just, my, my daughter-in-law wraps him, her up in just this little bundle like this, and I, 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 I would die being like that. And apparently, there's something comforting about that. It's like being in the mother's womb. Never been there, but, well, apparently I have. But that, that's an amazing thing. And that's what they were doing. They were wrapping this child in these swaddling clothes, lying in just a manger. But there's more. And suddenly it says in verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, these angels, these other angels, a multitude of them, they appeared with the original angels doing what they were called to do for eternity and that was to bring glory to God to praise him for eternity. And then to earth proclaiming peace to those who would trust in his name. And you notice something in that passage that, that peace comes to those to whom he is pleased, it says. Those he is pleased with are those who have trusted in what is this baby Jesus grew up to do and that is to be our sacrifice for our sins to do something that, that we couldn't do, to pay for our sins by death in a, in a cruel death that he was to face. But then he arose from the dead, ever defeating death for us. And he's pleased because of his son's work on the cross. You know, if you notice throughout scriptures, it's always about the gospel. And what a moment that would have been to be in the presence of the angels of God, bringing glory to God's name announcing the birth of the one who came to seek and save the lost. And then in verse 15, we read these words, when the angels went away from then into heaven, the shepherd, shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She was, she was trying to put this all together. I mean, she had been visited by an angel earlier, been told about the Messiah, that she was gonna bear the Messiah. And all this coming together, she was pondering this in her heart. And verse 20 says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You see, the shepherds here seem to have been the first ones to actually preach the gospel, for it said this, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And what was it they, they were told? Well, good news of great joy. The Savior was born, the Messiah, the one who saves their people from their sins and would rule and reign as eternal king. And as we celebrate his arrival, place yourself as one of the shepherds and give glory to God. And the shepherds returned, it says, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Graham Kendrick, uh, who's a songwriter, wrote this song. It's entitled Meekness and Majesty. And he coined these words. And I think it, it just so nicely puts together what happened on that night and the arrival of Jesus. It goes like this, meekness and majesty Manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God. Lord of eternity dwells in humanity. He kneels in humility and washes our feet. 
Father's pure radiance, perfect in innocence, yet learns obedience to death on a cross, suffering to give us life, conquering through sacrifice, and as they crucify, praise Father, forgive. Oh, what a mystery, meekness and majesty, bow down in worship, for this is your God. This is your God. Wisdom unsearchable, God the invisible, love indestructible, and frailty appears. Lord of infinity, stooping so tenderly, lifts our humanity to the heights of his throne. Oh, what a mystery, meekness and majesty. Bow down in worship, for this is your God. This is your God. And that's what we have today. He has arrived. And therefore, what do we do? We bow before him and we worship him. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you, Father. We are in awe that you sent your son for us. All we can say is, as the angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on Living Acts Church, please visit our website, www.livingactschurch.com, or you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Church.